Okay. Huh. Carter, Carter, did you check? Welcome, check, check. welcome to the Learning to Lose podcast. Thank you. Thanks. Hi. Um, we have Britt on tonight, who's never been on the podcast. Mm-mm. And we have Carter. <sighs> yes, sir. And Billy. Do you know that Carter is... The cute little doggy? Like Tim's godbrother? Yeah. I mean, I forget most of the time, but... So crazy. <laughs> um, yeah. And Britt is a lovely lady who... Woman, girl, who... Sam brought here. A lovely woman, lady, girl. <laughs> Those are a lot of uh, we, we, adjectives we, that have never been used to describe me before. <laughs> we are, Sam has been on this podcast a few times. Actually, Sam is Carter's sponsor. Yes, he is. Small world. Yeah. And that's yeah. so funny how that all just kind of came together here on accident. Yeah. Meaning like, I don't know. So Sam's great. So how do you know Sam? Sam and I met, my home group is Moore Park in the Valley. And when I first came into the program, I went there. I did the whole 90 and 90 and then I just kept fucking going back. And Sam was usually there. Um, And then... Moore Park, like LA or... Mm -hmm. In the Valley. Um, in the valley, it's yeah. a pretty. It's like they have a lot of meetings there almost every day, right? Yeah, their weekday nine a.m.s packed. Like if you didn't get there, oh, like forty minutes ahead of time, you you probably weren't going to get a seat. You've never been there, Pat? Huh? So how long have you been sober? I just passed eighteen months. Okay, cool. Yes. Sorry, Billy. Um, I've never been there. No, I'm fucking on one right now, bro. What's wrong? <laughs> Uh, I just, it's just all on my shoulders. All of it. I feel you. The podcast, the house, the money, everything, the social media. I'm just overwhelmed, you know? Like, they're, we're in there just like, it's just a lot, you know? And I'm just like trying to step away and like do a podcast. And I wish I could just, I wish everything could just be in its right place and like, just like handled what's the worst that could happen if it's not same that's same thing that's been happening my whole life there you go but like like you know sometimes there are things that are more or less out of my control like the stakes are higher right now than they've ever been so it's like a little bit harder for me to like be in acceptance so Mm -hmm. it's like easy for people to say I don't know. Time to give it to God. Yeah. There's a lot. I mean, a lot of money, a lot of people involved, and he's kind of the kingpin. So, you know, it's but but yeah, a lot whatever. Of stress. Mm-hmm. But yeah, who cares about that? Um, that's just been care a about theme it. of like every episode. I feel like I'm talking about uh, that a little bit, but yeah. So you got 18 months, and you got. I got like seventy-two days today. Yeah, Congratulations. he's like he's like in the house, you know. Yeah, I'm stoked. So, but you've never been like really, really sober before, or have you? No, I have. Um, about four or five years ago, I had but like, like but ten you, months. But did you really have like program? Oh, um, <laughs> nothing like this. I mean, well, this is this is what it looks like. Yeah. You know? So now you have like a real defense. Yeah. 
Um, and you're still learning and growing and we want to release you into the wild, like with fucking claws and fangs yeah. and fucking <laughs> like really ready, you know, yeah, for sure. And it's funny because I feel like once you like let go and you surrender to the whole thing we're doing, it's really not that bad. It gets easier. It does. The day, the daily activities get a lot easier. The stresses, you just, they all kind of just melt away once you just take that leap. Yeah, we were talking about like... That wasn't my experience for like two decades, but I, I feel yeah. it now. Yeah, but that's what the house will do. Yeah. So you don't need to live the way he lived for that long. Yeah. But you're living that way on a date. Like we were talking about Carter after... I don't know. I do know. We'll see. I, I do know. We'll see once they get out. But I, I don't... Yeah. Well, I mean, then that's also, there's no guarantees. None of this is foolproof. I've seen people graduate Liberty House and then die. Well, not get, not get noted, loaded necessarily, but I don't know that it's all that easy to keep peace and sanity. It's never easy, but your chances are greater having graduated from fucking Graceland. For sure. Thank I feel you. like you get the tools. You just might not know how to apply them when you get back into the real world. No, you do know how to like, apply them. For it's a matter every of, little. No, you do know. It's yeah. just a matter of continuing to apply them and right. staying close, coming to groups, having yeah. sponsees. And then that's if you keep doing what we're asking you to do, um, you'll be able to keep it. But we were talking about him after dinner, remember? And someone yeah. was saying about how if you reacted that way at your work. Oh, yeah. So, like... <laughs> well, the thing I thought was remarkable about it is that's just your way, right? So you don't even notice it, really. Yeah. Until it's yeah. brought up to you. And then you're yeah. like, fuck off, you know, or whatever. And then initially, <laughs> yeah. of course. And then you're like, fuck, I guess I am. I do do this. Hmm, what is that about? But I, 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 I just... Car Carter's been like a... I guess everyone has been pretty cool to watch but carter especially because he's like we've identified the things we've shown them to him he's looking at them he has a good sponsor it's all like working for you oh heck yeah and you can see it you know and uh, i think it's also working for everyone else in the house on their at their own different in their own different ways at their own different paces um but yeah especially carter i'm looking at the board right now i think shane's getting it too pretty good right now yeah because of because he's just like willing and uh he has a good sponsor you know, it's just like not a whole lot has come up on like you know what came into question Wyatt yet or like Reese, but like and like Jordan's like I'm he's just, good at I think he's good at uh, not, I'm know like about afraid it. I'm but. almost like afraid for like when it comes to him next. Oh yeah, because I feel like he could like I don't know. I've always I always have this fear about him like wanting to leave. You know? Yeah, but I guess that happens with all of us. You didn't do anything like this? No. Uh, I white-knuckled it the first time I had any real <clears throat> time trying to be sober, but I was just fucking dry. Um, this is a second go-round? Mm-hmm. The first time I had um, just a little under 18 months, but I wasn't in any sort of program, and I was really fucking alone 
I was undiagnosed. Uh, my mental disorders were just fucking rampant, unmedicated, had no idea what was going on. So it was <clears throat> a pretty long, continuous cycle of severe mania and severe depression and drinking and using to, um, to balance that in any way that I could. And then, um, I don't know, I forced somebody to give me an ultimatum so that I'd have an actual physical real world consequence to continuing to drink and use drugs. And that worked in a way I, I stopped using and drinking, but life just got fucking worse. Um, and then I didn't really like relapse because I was fucking miserable. I was like, Oh, I've proved it to myself. I went almost a year and a half with no drinking and no drugs. And I was like, great. I'm not a fucking addict. I'm not an alcoholic. I can definitely do this. And then it took about seven or eight months before I was right back. So you did okay for a bit. Uh, it was not okay. Oh. It was the it was the worst year and a half of of my life. Um, I just assumed you had long term sobriety. I didn't know that. No, no. Um, I have. Well, I had a pretty pretty strong like regular program for the first like year I was in, and then recently I've kind of fallen off going to meetings every day. The Zoom exhaustion whatever it is, whatever they call it is, is real. But, um, this is the, this meeting is, is basically bringing me back into my program. I still, I have a therapist that I see every week and, um, a psychiatrist that I see regularly, but that never works for me. There's a fucking, there's a trifecta and the program is the other, it's the other point on it. So that only works for so long without, the sobriety fine, bro. Right. attention um so yeah woody's fucking crushing <laughs> bro woody's on the phone sorry that's okay he's just talking to so many people were you able to function and work and stuff when you were using extremely high functioning um it's uh much like they say the greatest trick the devil ever played on the world was convincing us that he doesn't exist that was my alcoholism and addiction nobody had a fucking clue that yeah. it was as bad mm. as it was i worked a at least 50 hour a week full-time job um i was also performing occasionally i used to be uh, a roller skating pole dancer that was my full-time job for like almost a decade and then i tripped and fell into film and television and my alcoholism and drug addiction just came right on over and settled in. And so, um, <clears throat> so what were you doing? You were drinking and using what? so much cocaine, so many pills, um, like sniffing. Oh God. Yeah. Huh. Like, um, nobody fucking knew though. It was just me by myself. Mm. Like 90% of the time, it was just me doing it by myself. Like You're all so day. good at hiding it. That's, oh my, I yeah, don't know how people I did didn't- it for years. I, don't know how I was they dating didn't know. a nurse, and she had no idea. I was how? on fucking fentanyl. I'm like, wow. have you seen my fucking yeah. eyes? Like, have you heard how fast I fucking talk? I'm not high, and this is obnoxious to me. I can't even imagine how fucking infuriating I was to people. High as a kite. Like, how? How did you not know? So, so fentanyl 
I feel like they maybe they did probably kind of know or suspect. Maybe they just don't care as long as you do what you need to do. I have asked coworkers um, because when I actually got into program and like started, it started to work, and my life was so fucking different. It was just notable to everybody. And they were like, oh, you didn't have a problem. And I was like, when is the last fucking time you can remember having a sober conversation with me? And they're like, oh, on this project, on this project, this time in the office. And I was like, drunk, high, drunk and high. <laughs> like the whole fucking time. They're like, no. Like, what what yes. is a roller skating pole dancer? I'm not real clear on that. It's exactly what you think it is. I got real fucking bored of working three extremely low paying jobs. Um, when I lived in Portland, Oregon, and I auditioned at a strip club, and I was like, I'm going to fuck shit up and put roller skates on and do it, because I've been skating since I was four, and I just... Roller skating? Yeah. Made up a fucking job, and it turns out people liked it. So Sounds just, interesting. <laughs> yeah. It's, uh, it's pretty fun. I don't get to do it very often anymore, um, mm. but fond, fond memories. Um, and I still enjoy it without being drunk and high, which is a huge fucking gift. I'm not a boring, uninteresting human being without my addiction. So you have 18 months. You're not even two years. Mm-mm. Are you jonesing at all? Do you, do you want to use sometimes? The obsession went away pretty quickly. It took, it took a while for it to, for me to stop using when I came into the rooms. Not too long. Um, but <clears throat> I just knew that I, I wanted it and I could see that it was working bit by bit. Nothing ever had before. So I was just like, this is the only, this is the only chance so you I don't have. Really have using buddies cause you mostly used alone. I had drinking buddies. Everybody I know is a drinking buddy, but I, they're all really fucking supportive. Um, are they mostly normies? I, mm, I don't know. Debatable. Some of them are fucking alcoholics and they just don't. They don't see it. Um, but I think most of them are normal. Yeah. Um, I'm curious about the fentanyl. Yeah. That's why I went to the ER urgent care tonight. Because I was doing so much of that stuff. Like It's, I, it's gnarly. Like, what do you... Is it a pill? <coughs> um, Wait, you went uh, to urgent care when? Tonight. That's why I wasn't at the meeting for, like, what? the first half. What happened? Um, well, I've just... I didn't even know I was doing fentanyl. See, these days, what I guess fentanyl comes in powder form. Dude, I just had this like weird and, memory or vision of like you when you first came here. Oh, just and you were just like, "Mom, just shut up." <laughs> <laughs> I was like, "This fucking kid is gonna oh, be man. like a handful." Like, I, 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 I feel like sometimes I, I think they're gonna be. I don't know, harder or unmanageable. And then it just, the whole structure and all the help we have, it just all just kind of, it works itself out. And somehow they end up, and like I'm listening to you now and looking at you now, and I'm just like, fuck, dude. Like he's a guy that can like hang on a podcast and like be, sorry. Well, I was nowhere near that when I came in here. I mean, I had just taken my last dose of uh, methadone that morning. So wait, and you didn't even detox. No, I did detox. Oh, you had just yeah, came the, from... I had just come from the facility where they gave me my last dose. Right. Yeah, because that's how they worked. They're like, all right, here's your last dose. That's all the money we're getting. Hit the streets. Bless but, you. Thank you. Yeah, fentanyl's gnarly. Um, they press it into what looked like like 
oxy 30 pills so that's what i thought i was doing and it's uh <clears throat> yeah it's uh it's a gnarly high it just totally takes over like you know like opiates do but even more intense and it's real dangerous mm. i mean honestly the i guess the kick on that's gnarlier than anything else so would you compare it to like an oxy high no really no different like more intense um to me you just you don't even know that you're numb you're so numb you know huh. you, you i would find myself just nodding off left and right and i'm i'm nodding off on the side of a building while i'm fucking welding you know like crazy. doing crazy i'm i'm so lucky to be alive so what do you do i'm a pipe fitter welder union yeah but, but why'd you end up in the yard tonight um because ever since i detoxed i've just had like a perma headache oh. and it just comes and goes in waves and like uh, a real bad one yeah sometimes it gets really gnarly and uh i try to rest my eyes my eyes are real heavy they've been ever since i came here ever since i detoxed and then yeah the i'm kind of getting dizzy too the whole first month he was here like, <laughs> people were like this guy's high because I would like make little videos sometimes, and like people would like even people that we work with, like Jason, would be like, "That dude just looks high. Are you sure he's? We go drug test him right now." <laughs> yeah. Try to speak a little louder. You're like insanely low. All right. Do you hear that bird squawking out there? <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> no, why? Uh, just wondering. It's like. <laughs> Yeah. Can I ask a question that maybe I can't ask? I'm just curious. Ask it. About the eating disorder thing stuff. Um, well, there, we, we, we're not really going to get into it, but like most females have also like eating stuff. Like look at Veronica, you know? Most? I think that a lot of girls who who get sober have eating issues. I mean, I think that that tracks. I mean, because have you had struggles with that? Um, I kind of count myself lucky with that one. Tr tr try to be. Am like, I good? Just be like kind of close to it. Sorry. Hello. No, it's okay. Nice to meet you. Um, no, I got. I get. So when I stop drinking, I lose. I lose weight. It's like a great exodus, and it just fucking I'm, goes away. I'm just naturally mm. fit. Yeah. And muscular. So I yeah. mean, as much cocaine as I was doing, I was doing just as much drinking to offset that. So when I was using and drinking, I was like strong because i was dancing and performing but i was fucking like thick and then i stopped using and drinking and i just i never got to taste the whole eating disorder flip side i know a lot of women have told me that they gain a lot of weight when they stop drinking because of the substitution of sugar um and also you know the whole liquid diet aspect of of drinking when you just don't fucking eat and you just drink um so that makes sense it tracks so it tracks? Mm-hmm. What does that mean? It makes sense. It lines up. So, yeah, like we have someone in the house who throws up all the time, and they sneak away to do it, so we're watching that person. I'm just wondering what they get out of it. Like, I, I like, but we could talk about that some other time, I guess. I don't know. I, you have to ask them. 
I think um, they're just getting everything out of their body. They don't want to get fat. They want to stay skinny, and they like are afraid they're going to get fat. I think there's. But is there a high from it? There must be a little high from it too. There's right. a couple of different things that go into eating disorders outside of you know the the rubber band effect that happens after sobriety. But eating disorders are actual disorders, so it could just be a standalone disorder that they have outside of their addiction that just amplifies after you know getting sober but i mean there's so much societal pressure yeah on women to like even if you love yourself and you're body positive i mean i i have body dysmorphia i have fucking days where i'm like you're fucking trash um there's no possible way that anybody could love you you can't even love yourself but that's just that's a very common thing among women in our society do you, do, would you be down to sponsor any women in the house? Um, I haven't completed my 12 steps yet. Okay, well, that doesn't really matter, but... Oh, is that a thing here? You don't... It's just a thing. It's it's the, anyone who ever thought it wasn't a thing. Like, the idea that you can't, like, work with other alcoholics before you finished your steps is... Mm-hmm. It's a myth. All right, fantastic. Yeah, I mean, it never says anything about that in the big book. Plus, you've been through it some, of, ever some say, of them, right? What's up? You've been through some of them, some of yeah. the steps. Oh yeah. So you can take someone through the ones you've been through. Absolutely. Yeah. I just I was always so, so, of the understanding that you have to complete the steps and then you're ready to sponsor. Where did you get that from? Um. Every. Uh, I guess every person I've ever spoken to. Have you read the actual big book? Mm-hmm. Cover to cover many times. Okay, so Bob and Bill were working with people right away. Yeah. Like with like 60 days sober. Yeah. But didn't they do the steps in like a week or Rocket something? Rocket speed. Yeah. Um, the steps were not as detailed like and organized. But like, yeah. here's the thing is like, we're always supposed to be doing the steps. Yeah. Right. That's true. So like you can start them and then start taking someone else through them. Like right as you're being you. taken yeah. through them yeah. mm-hmm. and then like finish them and like start taking someone else through them or like, I don't know. It's just like an, and then start them over again. So now you could be taking someone through the steps who's further along than you are the second time around. It's just, I feel like we have this, all these ideas that just Mm. don't track. (laughs) (laughs) They don't track. (laughs) Nice callback. (laughs) Um, I would, I would love to. Absolutely. I didn't realize that was a possibility, but yes, I would love to. Because you're here. So like, Mm -hmm. this is like amazing. I'm so happy. Yeah. Because like having, like women who can actually show up here for other women mm-hmm. is so it's going to, I think it's going to be really important and I don't know how much you're into all this, but I feel like it could also be cool if you want to come by on Thursday. What's on Thursdays? <laughs> what the hell the are y'all gauntlet. doing on Thursdays? Um, it's a house meeting. Mm-hmm. Um, where we're we're just really dealing with each person on like a really personal level as like as a community i'm trying to not use the word group but it's like a gnarly group just pulling the covers pulling the covers yeah like like for example 
last night I called a late night house meeting because Caleb thought it would be a good idea to to do a a cast Caleb's casting couch. What? Just, just <laughs> yeah. Look, he was just up. saying weird off shit to two of the residents in the house, talking about like shit that they're not supposed to be talking about. So like we brought it up on a group level. Different people had feedback. We told them why that's not okay. Uh, that's not the best example. Um, what's a good example? Like one night one of the residents was acting off and they were like, that's also not the best example. either." <laughs> There's so many. To think so, of so okay. So like last week, this is a good one. So cause much. Shane, hmm? it happens so much. Yeah. Cause hmm. so, 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 so yeah. Shane and Rudy are on non-com, right? Uh, the two like, Oh yeah. 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 Okay. They're, they're both they in are. the group. Yeah. Right? They're the two like good looking, like, Really good looking people in the house. <laughs> like really, really ridiculously good looking young yeah, people. Okay. So 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 Shane painted Rudy a painting. Hmm. And that's not really what you do when you're on non com with someone. They don't exist. Oh you can't talk to them. That's why they don't ever look at each other or communicate in any way. I was wondering. I thought I'm like Whoa. It's not healthy. For them right now in early yeah. sobriety, especially yeah. not in a house like this. So we just cut the shit right off. There's just no bullshit here at all. It's like get fucking sober. One time and anything is- that's in the way of that, like we're removing that and we're getting to the thing. Oh yeah, you gotta remove all the variables possible. Yeah. Keep that fucking equation super. So so, so Shane went to Danielle and said, Can I give her this can you give this painting to her? And he went to her knowing that she was going to give him the answer that she wanted and also knowing that it was kind of off and just wanted to get away with it. So we did like a two hour meeting as a house on him trying to see how that was selfish because he wasn't considering like her sobriety and like where she's at and what that would do to her. And also it was manipulative because he went to like mom when dad said no. Mm. And he like wasn't wanting to see it. He was like, I just wanted to give her the pain. <laughs> he said that probably 50 <laughs> times. Young love, young it's love. Not love. So this is another thing. Young and, lust. And, and, and you'll, you'll learn too if you want to come by and check out what we do. You'll get a much deeper understanding of like all of everything. It's really because we have like Michaelis like helping me and Jason and Wax and just people that like. Because like when you're in a house like this, you're not just dealing with your shit. You're seeing all everyone else's stuff, which actually will better equip you to like sponsor people so? in the future. So, so, so he was like, no, 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 no. And then slowly over time after it was being pointed out to him from different people in the house, why it was off and, and how like, I don't know, we're bringing up specific things that happened so that he can see how it was manipulative. Mm-hmm. Johnny was like, well... You know, Johnny's, we're in the meeting and Johnny raises his hand and he goes, dude, me and Carter were in the room. Were you there when he asked you guys to leave? Yeah. 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 He's like, you asked us to leave before you asked Danielle <clears throat> if you could do that with the painting. 
And that, like, why did you ask us to leave if it wasn't going to be some private manipulative thing? If it was above board, you would have let us be in the room. So it's like little, so all the little things are being pointed out to the person and they're just being encouraged to like see their part. It's almost like finally see his part. Yeah. Like hours into it. Um, and then the next day we had another meeting. This no, was that was Wednesday night actually. Yeah, Thursday came around. Yeah, so we, like we have a meeting yeah. every Thursday at eight. Okay, and it usually goes to like midnight. Okay, and it's like, look for me, like when I was exposed to this at uh, Liberty House, I just fell in love. What is Liberty House? It's like a really structured sober living. Okay, probably like one of the last few that do this this is kind of like some og like old school shit that like really works it's the first time i've ever experienced anything like it so do you even know what's going on up there like they have not a clue yeah they all have chores what's your chore tonight oh i had a couple tonight uh trash uh downstairs bathroom i filled in for madison made dinner i mean it's Every day I'm filling in for somebody. And then will you just explain like how those chores get checked? Yeah, pretty intense. I mean, with like the cleaning chores, they'll you got to walk it with them. They look at every nook and cranny. They'll like wipe something. Oh, there's a little dust on it. Oh, rewipe that whole thing. You know, like it gets a little intense. And that, like the kitchen's the worst. We got all that stainless steel in there. Um, and it's got to be spotless. No, not and even here's what's trippy about it. It's it's another person in the house that's doing the checking. Yeah. So, so that and they all live up. together and have a dynamic. Yeah. So it's and the other person in the house. What's that? What are it's they the, called? The dub C. The work coordinator. Work coordinator. So yeah. they're checking all the chores, and you get a strike or a half-assed chore if you don't do it right. Yeah. And those, it's really about you know words the consequences are always words and if you get more than a thousand one words you're on reflections and you have to write your words before you can speak to anyone in the house i was on reflections for four days straight forty-two thousand words for what again what oh it was contract city (laughs) oh yeah (laughs) then i went on non-com with uh, jose i couldn't even look him in the eyes we would like bump into each other i don't know why you don't speak it's a situation we haven't dealt with before. Talk? Okay, so <laughs> Lily's three sisters are on the way to get her, and they oh, think God. she's like, trapped in a cult. <laughs> so then she just can't come. She can't she, she <clears throat> go with them? That's what I'm saying. Uh, that's what we're trying to figure out. They live out. all the way in Reading. Yeah, they're on the way. That's Crazy. like a 10-hour drive. Uh, they're like, we'll be there in seven at least. hours. Why is, she call- why is she talking to her sister? sister called me i told abby mack to monitor the phone call because she's supposed to be like her sisters are coming to get her she's sober in a good place they're going to come and take her back where she came from that's ridiculous yeah it's a family disease one of her sisters is sober i think i don't know i mean call her mom why why do they think that she's in a cult danielle's on the phone with her uh, I don't know the social media. He's got uh, a whole slew of rampant haters. Oh. I mean, like committed, what full time haters online. So they may have seen something of the there. I don't know. They, yeah, they were saying that they 
Well, I talked to one of the sisters today, and I tried to calm her down. Um, she said she did a whole day's worth of research on Patrick Ridge and learning to lose and all the, um, what is it, TikToks that he makes. And she just, she wasn't having it. She was like, nah, it seems like a cult. And I'm like, seems like AA. Seems like, you know, any sober place. And she was knocking the words and saying, I don't know why you guys make people write words. And I'm like, she's like, that's kind of detention-y. I'm like, yeah, it kind of is like detention, you know. that It's you know? up to her, but how the fuck does she know what works and doesn't work? Anyway, exactly. whatever, I'm going to... Yeah. Yeah. Okay. But, yeah. I mean, she I mean, it's good. just a shame that she's in a place that could help her, and then her sisters are going to save her, which are really going to just commit her back to the life she came yeah. from. But yeah. and Reading's small. I mean, she'll yeah, easily... I used to live in Chico. Chico. Oh yeah, yeah. I, I live there. Does yeah. she get a say yeah. in any of this? The she's probably happy because she'll get yeah. to go use again. Yeah. Does she want to stay? Who knows? I don't know. She I was don't using know. the first day she was here. She's probably just jonesing and can't wait for her sisters yeah. to save her. This is like her Shit. first, I'd say, full day sober. How old is she? She seems really young. She's like 19. Yeah. yeah. And she was big into Xanax, and uh, that's, that's like, I think, the biggest problem. But, yeah, she, yeah, um, the first night she was here, um, it was movie night on Saturday. And we were all watching the movie, and she so was good. Why did she come here and then? Did she thought she wanted to be sober, or did her parents want her to be sober, or do we know? I want to say her mom and her brother, because I actually accidentally talked to her brother on the phone. I didn't know who she was or anything. It was before she came down, and he was like asking me um, about the program and if we're like re- legit and like if they're going to fly her down, we're going to fly her down here and stuff. And, um, I guess she had told her mom about it. So I think, I think she did say that she found the program on TikTok, like 90% of the people here. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and then told her mom like, Hey, I'm going to go to this place. And then I guess her mom was in contact with some people here too, like Danielle. So, hmm. but yeah, that's crazy though. That uh, happens. Never, never a dull day. Uh, no, never, not here. It's funny, Brett. I had you totally mispinned because it what? seems like you formed some bonds here, like some of the girls and stuff. I figured you were already sponsoring people, and you had maybe eleven years of sobriety. Totally uh, wrong in my Honored, head. Flattered, flattered, uh, but no, I am. Um, <clears throat> I don't know. I think I'm just uh, vulnerable to. A detriment sometimes, not usually. Uh, you, um, I, I, th- I think it's a great thing to have, but it definitely, I think it's why I'm good at my job. It's why I enjoy being in the program so much. It's, it's a, it's a strength. It, it allows me what, vulnerability. What you, uh-huh. Like you, it allows me to connect with people like instantly. Like there's, there's always some bond there that can be. I don't know. I just really fucking dig people. Hmm. I will be the first person to tell you that people fucking suck. But you like them anyway. But I fucking <laughs> love them. God damn it, it hurts sometimes. Um, but oh. I do I do love people. And I feel like um, I've always been kind of a... 
like an androgynous human. So I feel that women especially feel um, safe and non-threatened by me. So I, I love that. That's something I can provide to them if that's what they feel with me. But I tend to, um, I like that about myself. I like that people tend to feel safe with me. I feel safe with you. Oh, thanks, <laughs> bud. You just um, got this chill vibe, you know? <sighs> it's relaxing. Appreciate you saying that. I don't hear that too often. I don't know if I feel safe. <laughs> <laughs> so um, I'm a cur- little curious about the medications and stuff. So you you were you have been diagnosed or you are diagnosed with something and you take meds for that? Yeah. So um, I am bipolar two, which explains the mania and depression, and then I'm also. Um, just a touch of borderline personality. Um, so the borderline personality is essentially in check just through um, like awareness and behavioral um, attention. What does um, it mean to be borderline? Um, things are... Oh, God, that's such a fucking detailed question for this hour of the night. Um it's uh, it's ultimately like a, a it's usually developed in response to a lifetime of of trauma um and like a lack of stability especially like emotionally uh which i didn't have growing up and so there's a lot of um <clears throat> like a lack of established identity um which kind of plays out like a double-edged sword for me. Um, It's a source of a lot of anxiety, but also it allows me to be kind of um, mutable in a way that not a lot of people are. Like I can can find a place pretty much anywhere because I'm not, um, or I haven't been for most of my life, particularly rooted. I I didn't really have a sense of identity. Um, so there's, there's a couple things that kind of overlap between borderline personality and bipolar. Um, so the two diagnoses are pretty, they can be conflated. Um, but inflated, what does that mean? Confused for each other. Um, but yeah, most of the, my borderline traits are, um, are addressed and uh, and managed through either my um, my attention paid to my sobriety and my relationship with my higher power and my relationship with my therapist, seeing him weekly, and then I'm medicated for my bipolar too. Okay, but I'm still not clear what borderline is. There's a. <laughs> I, I mean, would, you said what it came from, but what what is it? It's a it's a general um, for me it it presents as um, or it has presented in the past as like a lack of of identity. Um, there's a couple different things that go into it. I could I don't have the full. Okay, yeah, no, I don't want to yeah. put you on the spot here. I, I mean, I probably have I had the craziest childhood. No security or what did you call it? Rooting? No stability whatsoever. Mm-mm. Yeah. So it's that could be who knows. So how does it affect your life being borderline? Um I feel like I'm more affected. Let's go upstairs. 
Okay. We got another that's, one of those groups going. Ooh. Okay. What, what, what'd you say? All right. Got another one of those famous groups going. Yeah, one of the girls wants to leave. I think she wants to leave. Her sister's coming to get her, so now we all need to like come and see today. Oh. So when we want to stop this, I just press the, the space bar? Yeah. Okay. That's it. Hi. Unless you want to come and try to help save this girl's life. Uh, well, I'll be up there later. Okay. Do we need to go to stop? No, no. Let, let's just finish the podcast so we'll have another one. Okay. And I'm just going to talk to you, if you don't mind. All right. You're I in might, for I, it. I might. Oh, really? Because <laughs> I'll ask some questions <laughs> no. that you might not like. Oh, I uh, I don't really not like questions because it's my choice to answer, isn't it? Yeah. Mm-hmm. There's this one thing I want to tell you, but I don't want you to take it the wrong way. Well, you get to say it, and I get to take it whatever way I want. So, pew, pew. All right. I see a little bit of my mother in you. I'm not, I'm not clear why. Huh. I'm not sure what it is. Maybe mannerisms or something. I am not surprised by that statement at all. I hear it more often than... I, I just hear it all the fucking time for a number of different reasons. I hear um, you remind me of so-and-so. A cousin, a mom, a sister, a best friend from years past. I, I get wonder it if that all has the something time. to do with your personality thing. I think it's a little bit of personality and a little bit of, um, of aesthetics. I, I have a yeah. face. She has those cheekbones. I have a face that for some reason people see in whatever way they need to see it. I don't know. That just sounds fucking nuts. Um, but I get a lot of people telling me that they that I look exactly like somebody. And I'm like, oh, show me them. I don't look fucking anything like this person. I'll show you a picture of but my mom. to them, that's what I look like. I also change my aesthetic very, fairly frequently. Um, I look like completely different people from day to day. So Ever since we moved the podcast here, it's been like this. So something will go down and everyone runs away. And so I guess we're going to adapt to that. That's okay. I'm along for the ride. Do I remind you of anybody? Um, not yet. Someone told me today that I have the Bob Ross vibe. Do you know who that is? Of course I know. I actually have a Bob Ross air freshener in my jeep. <laughs> Somebody on TikTok told me that. My dad was a um, a painter and, art, and an artist. Um, not as his job, but just as a, a passion. And we used to watch Bob Ross on the regs. <sighs> what a trip. Like, he's famous, but all he did is paint. And his personality, he, you know, but isn't that and he's all like, that you could ask for? Though he's not even been on the air for a decade, or he's, you know, that was like. I think you can still watch his complete series on Netflix. Hmm. I do think that the entire series is available. That to and enjoy. Richard Simmons. Okay, so Richard Simmons hits me in the mom button because motherfuck she liked to sweat to the oldies and i thought it was a fucking hoot i would i would sweat right along with her i just thought it was fucking great you mean like exercise oh my god yeah with richard simmons yeah wait richard simmons is the the yeah. small man with the and the fucking <laughs> tiny dolphin shorts <laughs> yeah. yes dude sweating to the oldies yeah god I love how that old shit. are you i'm 35 
Oh, so you kind of have a little grasp of the world I came from. How old are you? 50. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah, my parents had us young, so I'm familiar with, like, they were not old enough to, like, not still be in touch with their roots by the time we were of age to understand, um, like, what, where they came from and what made them them, like, in terms of music and culture and how they grew up. Mm -hmm. So, uh, and then my ex is just about 54. Four, so like just around the same age. So I spent like eight years in mm. his fucking retro tripping like shit. So I am firmly in a place that doesn't belong to me. That'd be cool to be a little older because I love the 70s. If I was just a kid, but if I was a little older in the 70s, it might have been pretty neat. I think that might be the decade that I would pick to... A lot of roller skating happening in the 70s. That's what I'm fucking talking about. I want I my love roller skating. I want my entire life to be on skates. I mean, I did a pretty good job of doing it for almost a decade. That was pretty fucking dope. But Well, that must really be a workout because skates are heavy mm-hmm. and you're doing the other stuff too with mm-hmm. weights on your feet. Mhm. Yeah. S- super work. Do you still work out a lot and stuff or? Uh, I do not. Well, I tell people that I I work out accidentally because I do a lot of dumb shit on my skates and I'm constantly pushing myself. Oh, so you're myself. still skating a lot? Oh, God, yeah. Like I, where? How? Um, I skate anywhere that I can. Usually it's um, somewhere between Venice and Santa Monica. There's a real great court at the bottom of Venice. Um that a lot of skaters hit. Oh, there's, the dance! They dance there and stuff. Mm-hmm. Is that what you're talking about? Yeah, there's a dope spot in Mar Vista. Are you, are they doing that now? Even though the pandemic and all that. Oh my god, skating got huge in the pandemic. Oh. Everybody bought fucking skates and was like, "I'm gonna fucking learn how to skate." And I was like, "Fuck yes!" And then all of the laws of supply and demand kicked in and you couldn't find fuck you still can't it's really hard to find fucking parts to like maintain your skates to clean them it's hard to find new skates i'm kind of a skate junkie i have way too many fucking pairs of skates um but yeah it's skaters everywhere now it's fucking phenomenal the community exploded and by community i don't mean the actual skate community as like a um as like a source of uh, togetherness and support um, for for each other. I just mean like on a numbers scale. There's so many fucking skaters now. It's incredible. I mean, it's it's cool and it can be problematic, but it's fucking incredible. Do you ever eat it hard? Huh? Have you ever eat it hard? Almost every time. Do you wear pads and all that stuff? Um, I tend to only wear pads when I'm going into um, a skate park to drop in and like on roller skates. I didn't know they did that. Oh God. Yeah. They're crazy. I don't, it's not my favorite kind of skating. I like it. It's fun. It's just, I would rather be doing other shit. Um, I do wear certain pads like wrist guards when I'm training new shit or when I, when I like eat it too hard and need just a little extra protection. But I typically don't because I've been skating since I was four and I, usually know how to fall in a way that is the least yeah. destructive Roll. to my limbs. Um, wow. So that's a great workout. Too. I mean, let's butt and mm-hmm. hips and stomach and it's everything, especially when you do it on a pole 
it's like I've never been. I was like a fucking GI Joe for like a decade. Wow. Yeah, shredo. But I was a competitive cheerleader for my entire life before that, so Whoa. it translates very well to doing, you know, climbing fucking poles with weights on your feet. Like it's core, it's arm, it's back, it's legs, um, it's everything. Gnarly. Do you have a six pack? You know, that's one thing that I've never fucking had in my entire life. It's just, no, wait, I lie. I did when I was right at the tail end of my first, um, my first go at sobriety when I was dry, not fucking sober. Um, one of my, uh, one of my old best friends from when I lived in Hawaii, she died unexpectedly it was really mysterious. I will never know exactly how she died, but according to the toxicology report, it was an overdose on fucking downers, which is insane because that's, she didn't fuck with that shit. Um, but she fucking, she died and, um, and it kind of fucking killed me. Uh, and I had to like basically mourn her death alone because my partner at the time was not, supportive of our relationship because we were fucking wild together me and this this woman and um and he just didn't get it uh he doesn't understand that you know your party friends aren't just your fucking party friends like this woman was my soulmate one Mm -hmm. of my soulmates um and i fucking lost my shit and i went and bought a fuck ton of cocaine and so then i was just doing coke and not fucking drinking and I was like 109 pounds, but I had a fucking six pack then. It was the unhealthiest I've ever been in my life. But that's the only time I've ever had a six pack. I would never fucking want it again. I get it. I mean, I've been skinny my whole life and I've never really had a six, not one that like sticks out or anything. It's Mm-mm. just how you're made or something. It's bizarre because my arms are like really fucking muscular. My legs are really muscular. Like that's the only fucking thing that's like, mm, Nah. Thanks a lot, you dick. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So you're 18 months. That's so funny. I I thought I had you pinned. I'm like, you're here. You come with Sam, and I figured you guys have been sober a long time, and blah, 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 blah. No, Sam. You're still in the throes of it. I mean, it's hard. It's hard. Well, it's always, it gets easier, but it's tough for a few years i feel like i'm extremely lucky um i don't i fell in love with the program almost immediately it was the first time i think in my adult life that i felt like anybody actually cared enough to fucking like actually listen to me instead of just humoring me to get me to fucking like shut up or you you know wear myself out i it felt like home it felt like a family um where'd you come from so i grew up outside of philadelphia pennsylvania i grew up in amish country pennsylvania lancaster county and how old were you when you came here um uh, let's see uh i lived in philly until i was 21 and then i moved to portland oregon until i was 20 Five, and then I moved to Hawaii until I was 29, and then I Is moved to LA. Is that where you met this friend that you lost? In Hawaii, yeah. 
and you guys were like wild childs. I know a lot of people don't believe in like past lives and, and um, whatever, but there are two people that I've met in my life that are just inexplicably, undeniably fucking attached to me in a way that you cannot explain away. And she was one of them. Can you elaborate a little bit? I mean, what do you mean? There is a, there's a, it's, it's like an instant recognition of like somebody who you've loved so deeply and unconditionally. And when you don't see them for, I don't know, fucking decades and you see them again and you, you have that feeling that familiarity, that like sense of home and peace and like just joy that they're back in your fucking life again, that you get to fucking really re-experience them as a human. I felt that for her almost instantly, which is insane because we'd never fucking met before. Yeah. Um, and usually you don't bond. I mean, when you're young, you bond or in college, but later it's hard, harder to make friends like close close friends yeah and she had a very similar read on it but her reaction to her feelings like that was to put up a, a wall and she was very like um she was very like suspicious of me i'm like i don't fucking get this i don't know what the fuck this is mm. but and so it just took a little bit of fucking time, kind of like when you introduce new pets to each other and you have to like introduce them the smell under the door. It was kind oh. of like that. But then the second she fucking let it down, she was like, okay, I get it. Like that freaked me out. But, um, but yeah, we, we just never spent any fucking time apart. And then life just fucking pulled us apart and just friends yeah which is um it's really interesting because everybody thought that um that we were romantically involved and we were about as romantically involved as you can be without a physical um which is not to say i wasn't physically attracted to her she was fucking stunning but there was it was it just wasn't that kind of relationship um yeah i don't think i've ever loved a woman more than i love her wow I I just get so fucking mad sometimes that she just like she isn't around to f- fucking like I have I have to live the rest of this fucking life without her. Like isn't it's going to be a long time until I fucking see her again. And I really fucking hope the next time I do that we actually get to be like sober and functional together like it was really fucking fun to have this phase of our relationship in this life together but i was really looking forward to one day because she had like a kid and stuff too and so i was Mm. really looking forward to actually knowing her as like a fully formed adult with you know without the claws of addiction and alcoholism in us but that is just something that i'll have to wait for the next trip for yeah, I mean, I can relate a little bit about the death thing because it, it, it's bizarre how it's, like you said, you just have you have to keep going and they're just not there anymore. It's like a weird, like, where are they? I get a little thing. fucking angry sometimes about it, but. Yeah. Sorry. Oh, it's okay. It's better to, I didn't, it's fucking, it, it's actually nice to talk about it. 
because um, I couldn't talk about it for so fucking long. I just had How to. How long has it been since it happened? Um, let's see, August of twenty, maybe August of twenty eighteen. Okay. No, wait. What year? Oh God. What does the details don't matter? It's been a yeah. few years. Yeah. Yeah, I couldn't talk to anybody about it. It was really fucking sad. Um, I'm just excited to see her next time I do. I hope we get to be sober together in some fucking cycle. Yeah, wouldn't that be cool? Yeah, she's such a fucking explosion of life. It'd be real cool to see that without the fucking drugs. Her name is Taj. Hmm. What were we talking about before that? Fuck if I know. Um, (laughs) Why did they take your little doggy away? He was like giving me comfort just seeing him there. I, I don't know. I actually didn't even realize that the dog was gone. Mm. (sighs) He liked you. (laughs) I, I feel like, yeah, she, yeah. What's her name? Grace. Grace. Um, yeah, I don't really tend to meet dogs that I don't like that don't like me. So you're about to embark on a nice long vacation and then you're going to come back to your same job. Yeah. So (laughs) it's weird. So I have a, like a couple weeks off, um, so that I can prepare for the trip. I just wrapped this project that I'm working on. Um, which is perfect timing. So now I get the time to prepare for the trip, drive across country for five days, make all the fucking dope ass stops, see the Grand Canyon for the first time, do all the fun shit by myself on a road trip. So this is a common theme I'm hearing with you. It's, it's kind of a dichotomy here or a counter contradiction. <sighs> you're a cheerleader, you're a skater, uh, you have these friends, but I keep hear, hearing you say alone. Mm-hmm. Alone, alone, alone. I do it alone. I did it alone. I'm isolated. Well, because my blah, blah, blah. my solitude is just as important to me as my community. I don't think that the two, for me, can exist independently and healthy. I need alone time because when I'm with others, when I'm with community, I very easily give too much. Oh, I, I see. So that might be part of that myself. personality thing that you were just borderline thing you were talking about yeah that and and i mean bipolar as well it's like well i get exhausted all or nothing too around people yeah but I, i'm pretty much a loner but like pat here he gets real energized with people i do get energized i do like i'm the fucking hype person in any group you put me in Like one time I got a fucking job, like being an audience hype person on a show I was already working on in another fucking aspect. And they were like, do you think you can do this for 12 hours a night? I was like, bitch, before time you say all star, what do you need? High kicks? You need some fucking front hurdlers? Like I'll get this crowd pumped. I did that for seven days straight for 12 hours in the fucking desert a night. Like I love people. I get off on that. Like it's great. But when it's fucking done, it's a complete shutdown. The tank is empty and I have nothing left to give. So you enjoy your alone time? 
Oh God, I love it so fucking much. I definitely, um, I run the risk of isolating sometimes if I do it for too long or if I'm just not in the right headspace to use it in a productive way. Um, but for the most part, it is, it is necessary. It is appreciated. I'm so fucking grateful that I have my own fucking space. It's in your own apartment. Yeah. There's nothing. I don't think there's anything that's better for me in terms of like a living situation. I need retreat. I need my own fucking space. Like it's, I love talk therapy. I love being a part of the program. I love having people to bounce my fucking crazy off of and just put myself in check. But also I do need space and quiet where other people's presences and voices and um, even something as simple as like their fucking smell or like if that's in my fucking space, they're in my fucking brain. I hear their fucking voice. So if you're in a relationship, maybe you should have your own place. A hundred percent. I'm going to make a... I had like two thoughts at the same time. Now they're both gone. (laughs) So what's your heritage? Just out of curiosity. Like what's your... Yeah, heritage. That's the... Good question. Um, I... See, I used to know, and then my parents went on like a genealogy fucking kick, and so I don't know if it's entirely accurate anymore because... Well, Pennsylvania, there's a lot of Germans, isn't there? Yeah, a little bit of German, a little bit of Swedish. Um, I was told French-Canadian at one fucking point. Um, Scottish, for sure. My last name is Kennard. Scottish. Um, and I don't know much else beyond that do you have siblings i do how many two my sister is a year older than i am and my brother is a year younger than i am are you close i am very close with them now they used to fight when you were kids like world war fucking three like all three of us fought with each other Mm -hmm. it was it was fucking hell and we were irish triplets so it was like I don't know how my parents made it out of the fucking... Well, my dad didn't make it out with all of his fucking hair, but I don't know how my mom did. Like, it's... It was... Are your mom and dad together? They are. Um, And you're good with your mom, but you have issues with your dad? I'm not especially good with either of them, actually. My mom is just... I can already see this is a hard... This is a tough point here for you. Oh, that's right, because you're anticipating the trip and everything. Yeah, it's... um, my dad, I'm very much in term, I'm very much my father's daughter hmm. and we, he values the, um, the exchange of ideas and the spirit of debate, hmm. but he doesn't really get a lot of that at home. My mom doesn't really like to engage in that shit. Um, she doesn't spend a lot of time researching things like it's. He just doesn't it he doesn't get to scratch that itch. And that, so that he, intellectual stimulation or whatever. He visits that need on me often and it's been a couple years of me trying to um uphold some boundaries with him about, you know, socioeconomical, political um 
things we we just don't see eye to eye on and he's very heavy into conspiracy theories and and hateful shit and a lot of the hateful shit that he fucking supports goes against me and who I am as a human and it's really hard to fucking rectify that when you know that your father loves you and you see him I see him in myself every fucking day like I know that I came from him and I love those things about myself that I have from him and we connected so so deeply when I was first diagnosed um and he shared more about his history and his struggles he's not diagnosed but he's had his own struggles with it and it just it he got me through a lot of that and it's very hard to reconcile that, that those two people are the same fucking person they, they it's both they're both things are true so uh, can you share a little bit about these views that you don't share i mean he is a rabid fucking Trump supporter and all of those QAnon fucking conspiracy theories. That's his fucking avenue. He, um, he, I don't really, so this is how out of it I am. I don't even know. Okay. QAnon, I hear QAnon all the time. I don't even know what that means. It's, it's fucking bullshit. But, um, and it's just a fucking cesspool of conspiracy theories that serve to um bolster support for trump which is insane because he's not even fucking in office anymore like give it up however it is a massive spread of misinformation and the fucking the well's already been poisoned with my dad like it's i've had so many are you sure he's wrong yes and so you're on the opposite spectrum of this, I'm, these beliefs? Yes, because I live in a world where science is a fucking thing. And um, and a lot of the things that he's, you know, buying into, for instance, with um, he's very anti-Black Lives Matter and, um, and protest. And I am... Protest of any kind? Of inequality, of fucking, you know, the murder of people of color at the hands of the fucking cops. Um, he's he's one of those people that places um, property value above the value of life. He's like, looters are fucking, you know, rioters and they're breaking shit and they deserve to be fucking killed by the police and all this. You don't think he has a point? No, I don't because... What is your view on that? Human life is more important than property value. Buildings can be rebuilt. People can't be brought back to fucking life. We, I feel like you guys are. We wouldn't be protesting. Ever like you're, you're 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 avoiding the main what's, issue and splitting hairs over like details. What's like, the main issue that you see? Okay, I'm just. You're gonna hate me after this. I swear I won't. You already probably do, or you don't know me, so it does. You can just start off hating me. I don't but, have an opinion. Okay, no. Well, here's how I look at it. I don't know that. Of course, Black Lives Matter. Duh, right? But I don't know that the movement. Maybe it started out as a good thing, but I, it seems to be perverted, and I don't know that it's actually helping Black Lives anymore. And as far as looting and stuff, yeah, that's fucking bullshit. Why why destroy property? I'm not advocating for the destruction of property. My point is that when you are more upset 
about the destruction of property than you are about black people being murdered by the cops whose salaries that they pay, that's a problem. Okay, yeah, I don't see. I don't look at it as black and white. I think if you resist the cops, whenever the cops pull me over, here's what I do. But you're because not because they have guns and they can. But you're kill not. You. But you're not a black person, and so your skin is not seen as a weapon. Every time I see somebody get shot by the police, they're, what a, they're resisting arrest. How about Breonna Taylor? I don't know. I, I don't. I like I said. I don't watch any of this. I don't know See, what's going on. This. I is, know that a lot of people get killed by police. Is, and yes, black people are targeted more. But yes, also black people often. This is victim blaming, though. Okay, maybe. because because here's, we shouldn't go too far into this because it's here's the thing though. I just want to say this. Um, because whenever somebody does encroach in this territory, this is the, this is the fucking, this is the key. Cops shouldn't murder guilty people either. Cops should not. Well, it's not have, a matter of guilt. No, no, no. It's a matter of resisting arrest. But how many times have you seen a, I, I've seen in the past two months, I have seen at least two videos of white people acting a damn fucking fool, threatening to murder police, including a video of a white man, a young white man stabbing a fucking officer. He is still alive. He is still well. Okay. Well, here's my throwback on that. We see videos. If he was black, he would be dead. I don't know because we see That's videos. We see these true. videos, and they get casted all over the internet. What we don't see is all the other shit that's happening, which is ninety-eight percent of what's actually happening. Yes. However, so whatever you want to spin and put out there and like freak people out with isn't really representative. I, I don't believe it's sort of a form of misinformation, and I'm not like standing up for this. I'm just saying that there's a lot of fucking bullshit out there. And I don't know that one side or the other side is really correct. I think there's a lot of stuff to be considered before we can get really pissed off at the other stance of here's, these issues. Here's the thing. I <clears throat> I like to stay. I wish there was a third person here so that we, great. we wouldn't just argue. No, that's but okay. they, they abandon us. See, this is a healthy exchange of fucking ideas. This is not what my father and I do. Okay. This is not what happens. But if we knew each other for 20 years, we might be doing what you and your father do because you get set in these certain ways and things. No, no, because I feel like you are clearly demonstrating a capability to, um, to meet me on a human level and to... You don't inherently view me as yours because I'm not your child. I'm not your daughter. Mm -hmm. I didn't come from you. My father believes he's entitled to my fucking respect and my peace. And he mm -hmm. can say whatever the fuck he wants because I'm his daughter. Mm -hmm. He doesn't see me as a human deserving of, um, you know, being heard and having my boundaries respected. Mm -hmm. And there's only so many times that I can fucking tell him in a calm way what my boundaries are. There's only so many times I can reiterate that from a place of love before. I mean, the last time I saw him, I, I wanted to fucking drink at him. Do it. I wanted to drink at him. Oh, oh, yeah. I mean, thank God I fucking didn't. I have support and, you know, yeah, 
uh, stop gaps in place yeah, for that yeah, fucking hopefully shit. You make a lot of phone calls while you're on your trip, but that is not a feeling that I should, that I should have in my relationship with, with somebody that's that fucking important to me. And so if it's this here in life, the fucking problem, he is important to me, but I cannot, he's a liability to my fucking sobriety. At the end of the day, it doesn't matter what the fuck his opinions are, what the fuck conspiracies he fucking believes. What matters is his inability to fucking hear me and to respect the fact that the way that he chooses to not respect my boundaries is a liability to my mental health and my sobriety. That is not something that I can afford to carry with me through the day. Every time I have an interaction with my dad, I'm wrecked. I'm fucking wrecked. It takes me forever to come back from it. I can't afford it. I keep trying to find new fucking ways to to have this person in my life because I feel like if I give up on him then that means that that it's that some people are unsavable and I guess in my brain since I am so much of him at least in my my mind in my fucking heart i identify so many of the things about myself as coming from him i guess i'm afraid that that means that i am unsavable as well in some right because if i can't find a way to fucking make it work with him then that probably means that that i am destined for an end similar to that um i also just don't want to lose my fucking dad <clears throat> But um, listen, dear, I don't think I don't think you're going to lose your dad. I think you will navigate these waters. It takes time, and it's really hard. It may take a while. It's been years, and it. But I'm, you haven't been sober for years. I'm fucking tired. It's really. <clears throat> it just keeps getting worse. <laughs> I'm I'm fucking stubborn, thanks to him. I'm incredibly fucking stubborn, and I don't like to fucking fail. Well, that's where all the gives gonna have to come from. I but that's what keeps me coming back. I keep coming back. I'm like, nope. There's a solution. We're gonna find. I'm gonna find it. We're gonna get there. I just have to keep trying, and I'm persistent through that fucking stubbornness. I'm like, I refuse to give this up. But I just have to. I just have to know. I gotta fucking Kenny Rogers it, dude. No one to hold him. I want to fold them, and uh, I'm just scared that the fold them might be closer than the holding them. I think um, this is just me. I think folding or surrendering is going to be the way. I don't think it's a bad thing. I think no. it's just going to fucking hurt a lot. But, I don't think it's it, a bad thing. I, I think you're, you're seeing it as the end of your relationship. You're making this thing up that's not probably... I don't think higher power is gonna work it out that way uh, it's just in your mind it's something in your mind that you believe that's probably not true and it's causing you pain and suffering and probably surrendering it and letting god be a god a big god that does all things yeah do what god does and taking your hands out of it i know that that's the only way i'm getting through this this coming trip um i've talked at length about it with you know my program friends with my my therapist i've talked it to fucking death and i talk at length with it about i mean i pray about my dad at least once a fucking day like it, it's just 
the you most. You love your dad a lot. I really fucking do. I could see that. I have a daughter, and she loves me a lot. I love her too. It's it's an amazing thing. Uh, I mean, it, I didn't even know what love was until I this happened. I feel like I know him as a human now. Like over the past maybe like three years, we've we've come to know each other as fucking humans, not just a father and a daughter, but as like real flawed, vulnerable humans. That's what's happening. Your illusion of your father is dying. I don't think it's the illusion that's dying. I think it's the relationship as it is right now. Yeah. Because I keep trying to fix it. And I mean, it's not for me to fucking fix. Mm-hmm. It's I, I need to. And I hate when people fucking tell me this because it's always the fucking truth. And it's never the truth that I fucking want. But it's the only truth that is. I need to accept it and stay and accept or accept it and leave. And I keep staying and fighting for change. And he's he's not willing and or capable. And that's not for me to fucking know. I gave it I gave it my all. I tried and I don't I don't feel like I left any stone unturned and I just feel like whatever whatever my higher power has fucking planned Let for me, me on this, this trip this is what it is. Question. Can you love your dad even if he's completely wrong? Of course I can. So maybe you can just let him be wrong and, and not fight it. I mean, I'm not going to try to tell you any more about that. I don't know your dynamics. No, it's okay. Um, I know my dad was never like a... He was just a statue and he would just say... He would just talk to me and I would listen. Yeah. He wasn't like a, a father. He never taught me shit. I got to take a leak. <laughs> okay. So I'm going to try to make it quick because okay. I don't know how to pause that thing. All right. Um, okay. Yeah, you know what? I'm not going to fucking touch it because I'll probably yeah. fuck it up. So. <laughs> oh, okay. If you wanna... uh, oh. I... Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, I should have shit rehearsed for this. No, I'm a fucking camel. (laughs) All right, so on this journey so far of sobriety, is there anything that you've learned that it's like uh, indispensably important and life-changing? Because on this podcast, it's going to be running forever. 
So people are going to hear it, and maybe even 10 years from now, they might hear what you're saying tonight. Dear God, I hope not. It's uh, going to happen. So is there anything that just like you use on a daily that's just really been helpful so far? Um, my God. I don't want to put you on the spot. Or we can just chat for a bit more. I think that... Something that I didn't used to do all the fucking time that's very helpful now. Well, I mean, I'll forever be working on this because obviously I love to fucking talk. Uh, You do love to talk. I do love to talk. It's funny because you're so quiet during the meeting. Uh, I have to call on you to make you share. It's because... And then you look at me like, you motherfucker. Well, I was going through some shit today. I was caught very off guard by how emotional I got when Madison was sharing. Not Madison. Why am I forgetting her name? Um, Yeah, it's Madison. It's Madison, right? Yeah. Okay. Shit, what the fuck? Brain fart. Um, No, I was just caught off guard. I was like, why the fuck am I so emotional right now? And then I just kind of like lost it. Um... No, I heard somebody say never never miss an opportunity to shut the fuck up. Um, and that just, that felt very pointed to me. And I've, I realized very quickly exactly why I felt it was so fucking pointed at me. It was because I needed to work on it. So in meeting spaces, I tend to be quiet and listen for what I need to hear. Um, because I think that that is a better way to serve my sobriety than just fucking like talking all the fucking time. I do a lot of talking outside of meetings and I do a lot of talking in fellowship. Um, and I do a lot of talking for my fucking job too. Um, so it's really nice to have, you know, the safety and the, the sanctity of a fucking sacred space where I get to exist in mostly silence. It's such a nice change i feel like it does a lot for my sobriety to just listen does this remind you of an aa meeting i hold it in the same space in my heart it is definitely not um but i do have the same um the same reverence for it you live in koreatown which is what is that a real busy area it's very busy there's always noise um i'm I'm constantly aware of the world existing 24-7, like outside my windows. It's a lovely reminder that I can choose to go out and be a part of it, or I can choose to stay in and celebrate my solitude and do things for me. But um, it's nice to have the option to exist in the world that's so busy. I do love that. Um, I'm a big fan of busy metro areas. Um, the noise kind of helps me sleep. Can you get noodles at all hours of the night? Um, you know, I don't do a lot of late night shit anymore. Mm. Um, once you kick that pesky cocaine habit, you can do things like sleep. Um, so... <clears throat> I don't know. I'm not usually awake past like one at the latest. Are you a complete like leftist? What? Like, are you way totally on the left? 
as far as politics and stuff. I'm a fucking radical, dude. You're in, you're in the radical left? Well, I'm a fucking radical. Really? I'm, I'm looking to burn shit down. For real? <laughs> were, you out there, were you out there throwing bricks and stuff? I wasn't throwing bricks, but um, okay. we do what we can. I wasn't sure if she was being facetious or not. No, I'm. I'm not being facetious. I am. Um, I am more radical than most people that I meet. Um, I'm extremely passionate about um, about not. I'm a passion. I'm passionate about equity, not equality. I don't think that. Um, I think that equality is bullshit. After years and years and years of abuse of of communities of color, um, of people of color, I am I am more radical than most people I know. Yeah. So what's what's your solution then? Um, well, your solution always has to fucking start locally, doesn't it? I mean, you can do, you can do, you can only do as much as you can do, right? As one fucking person. So there are a lot of days when I'm no, like... No, but I mean like ultimate. What's the ultimate goal if you could make it, you know, Oh, if I could snap wand. my fucking fingers right now? Yeah, how would you make my it first, better? My first plan of action would be the abolishment of the fucking police. And then what would happen? Well, then other um, other community services would take the fucking rightful place. So, but then wouldn't they just be the police? Then? No, nope, not at all. Well, what um, about when you go out and get raped and robbed because there's no police? Here's the thing: if you're going to get raped and robbed, the police are coming after the fact. So they show up after the fact and. I guarantee you, your rapist and or you robber is not the still there. Threat of so police no. would stop people no, from doing that. No, they don't I, because been, I, people still get raped and people still get fucking robbed, and there are police around every fucking corner looking to shoot people would, of color. No, I don't think it would increase. So, the solution is community and mental health, mental health services, and. Uh, addressing the homelessness issue. Well, mental health services for sure. This yes. is crazy what's so, happening. So, for instance, um, and this is my my favorite example of what the abolition of fucking police would look like. Um, Dude, we could debate fucking... I know. We could debate know. with angry faces, but... My face is always I, but, angry. But I don't, I don't do a lot of research, and I don't care enough to do a lot of research. Fair so enough. I have opinions, and I have sources... I know a lot about the economical and just opinions, I guess. I guess they are opinions, but I like to think they're true. But I'm going to say yours are opinions too because well, here's not the thing. The, authority here. the abolition of police is not it's not just an opinion that it will work. There is there is data to back it up. Of course. There is. So I don't know if you've ever heard of a little fucking town in New Jersey called Trenton, uh, but it was the murder capital of the United States. Uh, One of the most dangerous cities in the United States for quite some fucking time until they abolished 
their police department because the system is not broken. It functions exactly the way that it was set up to, to criminalize people of color, to strengthen the, you know, the school to prison pipeline because it is legalized slavery. Let me ask you this. It's just people of color. That's the target. Like all color or just specific colors? Well, it tends to be predominantly black, but they're racist. It's a racist institution. Who? who all the, the police. police. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Even though some forces are made up with a lot of well, black people? So when they passed the 13th Amendment, <clears throat> it said that, uh, yes, slavery was illegal unless it was in... Uh, as a, it was um, punishment for something. So that is the way that they kept a little fucking foot in the door to allow for legalized slavery. So the way that they fucking do this is since it's, it has to be a punishment of some, they criminalize fucking black people, which happens in a, in a number of ways. Okay. And that is why cops are so fucking trigger happy. They're so. But then, how? What? What kind of slave? What kind of labor are they? Prison labor. So, like cleaning highways and different things like this. Manufacturing, cleaning highways, making license plates. Like you, like you, fucking name it. Prison labor is used for so much. Like what? Like some name something that's really valuable. So, for instance. Um, a couple years back, Starbucks was using prison labor to manufacture their their um, their holiday packaging for mm-hmm. some of their their in product stores or their in store products. Okay, but is there some like infrastructure, something really valuable? Because I couldn't, I just can't grasp Pri- why that prisons are an extremely lucrative. Lucrative. Oh yes, I do realize that. Yes. Yes. So privately owned. The reason that they are so fucking lucrative is because of that labor. They get these fucking inmates. Well, the government gives them a bunch of money too, doesn't? Don't they? That's why it's so lucrative. The more people they have in there. Here's one that got me. You know how much money goes to the homeless cause each year in in America? What homeless cause? Hundreds of millions of dollars go towards the homeless. But in what way? Well, that's the thing. What's changing? Nothing. And it's... No, but but in what way do they go to the homeless? Because I guarantee you they go towards, you know, establishments or people Well, like housing, food, these kind of things. But... They go in people's pockets. They don't go to the actual homeless. And the thing is, the worse the homeless issue gets, the more money people are willing to give to it to go in the fat cat pockets. This is one that bothers me because I'm watching... The valley, or I guess everywhere, mm. is turning into a giant homeless community. Mm-hmm. And I've talked about this before. And like you said, mental health. It's so so where they end up is in jail mm-hmm. because there is no mental institutions anymore. So even if you wanted to voluntarily go to one, you can't. And some people maybe should be in there mandatory. I don't know what, but. It's like they want the problem. Here's where the left gets me a little bit. Now, maybe you can straighten this out for me. Like, they want the homeless to to just be, I, I like, I don't, it, it, 
What's the question? Like San Francisco. Okay. Used to be a nice place. Still a pretty nice fucking place. Still pretty fucking gentrified. Very shiny. Pretty fucking nice. Unaffordably but, nice. But the homeless situation has gotten pretty nasty. Do like, you know re- why that is, though? It's income inequality. Because inflation jacks the fuck up out of everything except for minimum wage jobs. A livable fucking wage. So the rich just keep getting richer and they take everything with them. And then more and more people, there's no fucking middle class anymore. They're phased deeper and deeper into poverty because minimum wage does not and never will keep up with the well, fucking inflation rate. I think you've given rate. this a lot of thought and I haven't. So I don't think we should debate, but some we should talk about it more, you and I. I would love that. As long as you don't try to beat me up. <laughs> you know, I'm not quite the physical fight cat I used to be well, in my you can beat days. me up with your mouth too, so don't uh, but I would like to talk to somebody who has an opinion differing from mine, yeah, because I know mine's really uninformed because I don't spend see time. That's, that's the thing like if you're uninformed that's that but doesn't you may mean, not that, sway me, but I'd like to know I'd like to know how you think and what you think the willingness. To fucking to learn the willingness to investigate, the willingness to accept the possibility that you may or may not be wrong, to hold the fucking space for you to be human, to exist in a world where you are not omnipotent, you are not a fucking god, you don't know all things. That's where everybody should be. I don't fucking know everything. I'm wrong all the time, and I love being wrong. Really? Oh my god, yeah. That's like one of my favorite fucking things that I've learned in the program. It's super cheesy, but it's not win or lose, it's win or fucking learn. If I'm wrong, what's the worst that happened? I fucking learned something. I love being wrong. Well, that's good because you're going to be wrong a lot. (laughs) I know, (laughs) but that's the way you learn shit. Yeah. Yeah, fun. Did we talk about sobriety? A little bit. A little bit. You have 18 months. That's great. It's, uh, You're in the throes of it. You love AA. Yeah, it's I It's nice. Yeah. How, how long have you been sober? Like 25 years. Fuck off. Yeah. Jesus Christ. You were 10 when I got sober. That's fucking gnarly. <laughs> you weren't even using yet. I don't I hope. Oh, I was fucking crushing up Flintstones vitamins and just fucking taking lines. <laughs> yeah. It's been a long road. Oh. What, uh, how, God, you were 25 then when you got sober. 26, yeah. Jesus. I thought my life was over. Yeah? Yeah. How do you feel? Well, I mean... Was it over? Like, how long did it take you to fucking to kick that that feeling? I was never a functional, happy person. Okay. Ever. Yeah. I grew up, I spent my teenage years institutionalized. That's why I feel like I have a different perspective mm-hmm. than a lot of people. Because mm-hmm. I lived in that. Mm-hmm. Um, and even before, my mom was in the circus. I just... Your mom was in the circus? She's a trapeze artist, yeah. Yo! And then she got too pregnant with me, and that ended. But and she was a mountain climber back in the late '60s when women there was what? no women. My earliest memories are campgrounds, uh, just traveling and a lot of nature hiking stuff. And 
I mean, I've been abducted, kidnapped, drowned, motorcycle wrecks, uh, just all kinds of stuff that I probably shouldn't even live through. And um, But you did. Now you have the stories and the experience and the fortitude. Maybe. At least I'm happier. Yeah? Yeah. A lot happier these days. And I have a kid, which seems to have made life worth living. Daughter? Mm-hmm. How old is she? Seven. Seven. Yeah. She's great. Does she live here? Uh, she lives close to here. We, you know, moved out like a year ago at war. Yeah. In a way. And, um, yeah, it's really neat. That's why when you talk about your dad and your relationship, I it makes me think a little, like, she's so young, though. Mm-hmm. But I feel like we're doing a good job separately. And before, I think we were... I don't know. I mean, girls are kind of cool because they're not boys. I don't know what it's like to be a girl, right? We're pretty fucking cool. (laughs) I don't know if anybody told you, but we're pretty fucking cool. (laughs) I've always liked girls, so there's something there. Me (laughs) too. You too? Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. Does she have have, like a posse of, of peeps? She's homeschooled. Interesting. On day one. So how does the how does she get her fill of like socialization and community? They do. Um, they're part of this thing they called Wild and Free, and they do a co-op. So they and they do hiking day and they do this day. They do things okay. as a group. There's a group. Is there like a cool community intramural kind of sports activities no league? No. No, she doesn't seem to want to do any sports. Oh. I. I would like her to be exposed to all those kind of things, at least yeah. as an option, but it's a battle I'm not going to win. She's not vaccinated either. Uh-huh. But another battle I'm not going to win. Well, not she's that- seven. They don't have vaccines available to... Oh, wait, you you're talking them? about you, like general vaccines. You get them in like three days after. General vaccines. She, so I delivered her. She never even went to the hospital. Get out. Yeah. And um, it was pretty... I don't know if I talked about this, but it was pretty cool because she came out, you know, I took her out, no crying, no, not like you see on TV, Mm-mm, nothing, no. no shot. Mama took no shots, nothing. And then I was a little concerned because her breathing was a little crackly, like, which was fine, but I didn't know. So I I made her cry just to make sure her pipes were clear. Yeah. Um, so I hope that she's going to be okay because we're definitely not doing the normal thing, and now we're separated. And I never had much say in those in a lot of those areas. I just let her mm-hmm. mom live the way she wanted to. Yeah, and I supported that. You know, I paid for everything, which was a problem because I started to get overwhelmed. It became too much, uh, but. I think it's working out, and I think if she decides to go to regular school, or s- regular school can be pretty mean, though. I mean, so she doesn't. She wants to go. So her I don't her think sister. that that is a deterrent necessarily. The meanness. Well, I mean, people are mean everywhere. The world yeah. is fucking mean. She could walk outside, and a fucking teenager could scream terrible things at her. I don't think that the potential of people to be fucking mean, especially since kids can be fucking mean and they probably will be. 
but everybody's gone through that. It's not great. It's not ideal. You don't want your child to suffer, but also like the joy and the, the benefit of socialization and the exposure to other cultures, other perspectives, um, even other like, um, you know, near, um, Oh fuck. What was the word that I, I don't know. I just missed it, but other kids, other age groups, other interests, that's so valuable. It teaches you to be a citizen of the world, not just your house. Well, I think she'll be able to make her own choices soon. Yeah. That's fucking dope. Are we fucking shit up? Are we holding up? Okay. Okay. Uh, well, I think it's going to get a little wild and noisy in here. Yeah. So like, wow. it, it was great talking to you. You too, Billy. Thanks for inviting me. Yeah. Yeah. And um, good night, everybody. Good night. We, we have an issue in the house, which is a little bit crazy. And so I think we're going to have to go. Yeah. Give some people some care and love. Good night. All right. Good night.